How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? Uh, it's going shitty. Oh. Did you want me to elaborate? <laughs> yeah, would you, care, would you care to? What's, what's going on? I just... My back has been a huge pile of shit for months, and yeah. I'm trying to get that resolved because every day kind of sucks. Mm. But I have a little bit of scotch, mm-hmm. which is not necessarily uncommon for every episode. Right. But... Your back held together by scotch tape, just all all across the yes. back. Yeah, scotch tape. <laughs> yeah, we don't advocate drugs here on the on the on the soapstone, but unless they're really good. Yeah, if you got mm-hmm. that good shit, that yeah. good good, yeah. yeah, hit us up. Um, speaking of good drugs, uh, video I love, games. I love these segues. <laughs> <laughs> video games uh, have been shown as many enjoyable activities uh, to. Uh, induced dopamine in the brain is pretty much everything does that you enjoy yeah um, which is a drug and one of those video games to get even more specific is god of war uh 2018 in particular is that part of the subtext is like the <laughs> <Fantasy 2018. laughs> it's just like doom it's doom 2016 yeah, yeah same deal which actually. doom no 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 doom doom the actual one i kind of like it's not a full-on peeve when people do it but it is a minor peeve categorically because I know you know that the fan base, anybody who lists your game in any sort of list, is going to have to put in parentheses the year. Yeah, if you go back to using like the same fucking original title, because we had the first Prince of Persia, it was just called Prince of Persia. Yeah, pop. <laughs> yeah, like maybe it still had like a a subtext like King's Quest Seven, mm-hmm. the one where this thing happened. Yeah, but yeah, but I, I get it. You need to distinguish, but at the same time, it just doesn't sound the same yeah it's it's got to be a marketing thing like people are going back they know that the original name people are gonna be like oh my gosh it's like it's the reboot this is a new thing we're going in a different direction and like the game fully earns it but still categorically you're you're forcing people into this it's the little things that get you it's it's just weird to like say hey did you play this one game and then i have to clarify the name of the game right (laughs) and you're like like, oh i kind of took away the steam but yeah i know i know what you're talking about it's a great game but like you play God of War, yeah, like twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah, um, with the axe. Wait a second, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's a uh, significantly less axing, I think, in the the older games. But God of War is a series that uh, stands on the shoulders of Kratos, really, more than anything else. Uh, it's been going on for a long time. I'd say it's probably one of PlayStation's early top ips like it is yeah. the only reason i know that is because when playstation had their version of super smash brothers which is called shitty playstation version <laughs> yeah they could have named it way better. <laughs> that's really why it kind of tanked in sales <laughs> it's got to be like some type of frenzy mm-hmm. or something all-stars sony all-stars it was baseball i think it, it's something shitty yeah um but Kratos is one of the characters in that. Right. You're like, okay, I see that. But they also had... Who's the clown from that metal racing game? Oh, yeah, yeah. Twisted Metal is Twisted the name metal. of the game. Not really a, a franchise so much as like a, a game. They had like a couple. I think Twisted Metal Black was like one of the most recent. But wasn't there like a new one coming out? I think it was a, there was a trailer for it. I don't follow it actively, so I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways. But it was just weird to be like, Kratos, Sly Cooper. Yeah, like, exactly. Ah. Jack and Daxter, I'm like, does anybody really know these characters? <laughs> yeah, it was one of those things Sean. like, PlayStation has had a lot of um, a lot of exclusives that were kind of kind of big in the form of like um, Final Fantasy for a really long time. It's PlayStation exclusive. God of War, obviously. But like in the action space in particular, third person action, like God of War was you know, the reason kids were running out to get PlayStations and then lying to their parents to get them the game. <laughs> it's like, about is- God. <laughs> right, yeah, it's right there in the name. It's like, does this have any, like, sex or anything in it? You're like, no. <laughs> There's no explicit sex on screen. <laughs> is um, there sex off screen? Because I there didn't play is, any yeah. of the older games. So, like, the older ones would have sex mini games, like, oh. uh, like, where one of them was, like, a threesome type thing, but it wasn't never on screen instead they'd have like a bottle of wine or something like that and you'd have to like do button presses to like maintain balance on this bottle essentially and that's the game you're playing while there's voices um, making sounds 
uh, for the implicit activities going on. Ah, okay. And then people are always like, oh my gosh, Kratos. Uh, those are the the young boys, I think, when they played they, the game. They should have called it Gosh of War. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. It was actually like uh, hyper, well, obviously hyper-masculine, like in tone, because he's literally like a Spartan killing everybody, yes, like banging his chicks. kind of his whole thing. Yeah. Um, but and he also looks like the lead singer from Disturbed to a T. Mm, I'm not actually familiar bald uh has like a little soul patch type ah, thing yeah. mm-hmm. i don't think the lead singer of disturbed has uh like a red lightning tattoo across his face and or right. chest not yet but <laughs> and when he needs to rebrand in the later years if he wanted to go to comic-con he could pretty easily that's all yeah. i'm saying <laughs> yeah yeah no the uh but the the early series portrayed a very different kratos as one ex- would expect given how haunted he is in this game so this is kind of the growing up tale for the um for the series um tonally and literally in the story <laughs> yeah he's pretty fucking toned let's be honest um, <laughs> yeah. but no they did i mean i've seen clips of the older god of wars mm-hmm. and like i said it is very different in the style yeah because where that's a full run around murdering shit the game starts you off immediately for god of war 2018 yeah um where you see this opening cutscene, and you see like this beautiful scenery. You're like, PS4 graphics are good. Got yeah. my money's worth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the cutscene kind of stops, and you're like, "Huh?" Yeah, it's there's like a little prompt on the side. It's like press R1 to swing, and you're like, "What?" Mm-hmm. And so when you press R1, you swing an axe into this tree, and you essentially are felling the tree. And then you carry the tree home to be part of a log for a funeral pyre for your wife who has just died it's also a gigantic tree like it's it's, it's really a tree yeah. it's an it's a full-grown tree yeah he just like carries it over his shoulder with one arm and you're just like all oh, right kratos <laughs> super strength is one of the abilities of right, the god right. of war <laughs> um it actually like kind of evoked the uh the bioshock moment for me at the opening where like you sink underwater you emerge and i'm like okay when's the cutscene gonna end i'm just sitting here oh you're like, saying the like water. when the, the plane crashes yeah, yeah exactly yeah. when games kind of like uh, have to remind you that the gameplay has started you know these are the actual graphics it's a very pretty game <laughs> yeah they do a really good job and um, that's one of my like notes on here is how well they blend in the graphics mm-hmm. because if you go back to old days of good old blizzard you had like warcraft 3 cinematics which were fucking stellar yeah but then you had the warcraft 3 in game you're like kind of missed the cutscene. yeah because it goes from like beautiful cgi to blatant fucking polygons and it's rough but the, with this i kind of have to wait for like the hud to come up and i'm like yeah. okay it's my time now <laughs> exactly like it's kind of cool that we've gotten to the point in video games where like they have to use the camera angle to indicate the control is returned to your character yep like it comes back behind you in centers and you're like okay now it's my turn to do things <laughs> but the thing is like i've picked that up from playing over time mm-hmm. if somebody would just oh i'm gonna pick a ps4 i'm gonna try video games again it's been like 20 years yeah i haven't had a chance to they would be like did it freeze <laughs> <laughs> this boss keeps killing me in a cutscene, and the game forces me to reload i don't understand what's going on i don't see any quick time events what's up <laughs> yeah. no it's uh it's it's very pretty everything to do with the snow the um the locales uh, are very diverse uh, for in-game reasons yeah but, but the whole setting overall is no longer greece right it's now in set in norse mythology mm-hmm so everything is very nordic and woad yeah which i really <laughs> like the, is it woad yeah okay country woads <laughs> take me home to the place <laughs> but I, i've always liked that and this harkens back to my appreciation of senua because mm-hmm. yeah. i think a lot of mythology in general is interesting right but norse mythology i've probably experienced more throughout games like midgar right midgard yeah final fantasy 7 um <laughs> so it's cool to see that tie-in but the season for it, it seems to be in the winter yeah and also the fact that you have an axe now instead of the blades of chaos yeah i think the betrayal i'm pretty sure are they chaos they might be chaos there's i was playing a different game that had the word betrayal it's one or the other doesn't matter really the axe is awesome though 
it is like you you feel the head for the swing and the opening cinematic yeah but then also when you're using it in combat because it has like a heft to it oh my gosh yeah it's got like light and powerful attacks Mm -hmm. um and then really unique properties also like being able to throw the axe into stuff so like if early on they have you throw an axe into an enemy and it freezes the enemy because it's an ice axe which is just badass and then you can leave it there and keep that enemy frozen and you can go around punching people and you essentially can either damage them out or you can beat up their stamina yeah you can inflict like stun damage yeah yeah and once that reaches a threshold you can get an interaction where you get like burst damage yeah so Mm -hmm. it's essentially a bleed from dark souls Mm -hmm. but it's really cool to have that option in the fight yeah and then you can also just summon your axe back by pressing triangle you just kind of put up your hand just kind of goes you know what i love about that too is um the time it takes your axe to return to you depends on how far away you left it yes because i actually like uh left my axe somewhere while fighting some enemies and then went to like a different island i just boated all the way across then i went to fight went to fight some other guys and you forgot that you didn't have the axe yeah i pressed return and kratos just holds his hand up for like three seconds and i'm like uh (laughs) (laughs) then he catches it and immediately goes to fight it feels like absolutely awesome to be able to just throw out your weapon and return it it's really something that like uh captain america has had so much of an opportunity to utilize yeah and kratos has just absolutely destroyed any potential for that good feel because it's so much better here um well it's because it doesn't frisbee back It, it gets lodged into things yeah and then you actually have to use magic to summon it back and you see it kind of like yank out yeah because it was actually in there and then it's it's like it's frost effect is just really well used in the game so not only could you freeze kind of trash enemies to just sit them there while you go wail on people like you were saying um, but you can also use it to um, freeze moving components for puzzles and things like that yeah that was actually a really cool thing because sometimes you're using your godly strength to uh, crank open a door or something that kind of drops down you're like man I need to be strong and hold this here. Yeah. Saying somebody to go through, what do I do? So you just stick your axe and things. It's like uh, it's frozen up with ice, and that holds. Yeah. So yeah. then you go through the doorway, summon the axe back, and feels, continue on. It's really cool. It's the coolest like way to hold the door open for yourself, basically. Um, I also really like the. Uh, so you start out, and you don't honestly have compared to previous games in God of War, you don't have that much weapons variety. They sort of started to do the Devil May Cry thing where they're like, here's a ton of different weapons you can use. There's not a lot of weapon variety in God of War. There's like a couple toggles. Like, um, obviously you have a Spartan Rage, which is your uh, Berserker mode, mm-hmm. essentially. You regain health slowly over time and jump between enemies like your Batman and like punch really hard. Um, yeah, like Batman does. <laughs> well, Batman the, goes into a rage. <laughs> well, the reason I describe it is like games like Arkham Asylum, Arkham Knight, anything like yeah. that. They always have the lock-on <laughs> mechanic. So it's like if you need to close distance on an enemy um, for your next attack, uh, those games are very generous in how far Batman can jump to continue yeah. combos and similar with Spartan Rage. Um, but that, the Leviathan Axe, um, and the endgame uh, weapon the blades of chaos as you mentioned spoilers <laughs> yeah well you already mentioned them so they're they're in there uh yeah it's, it's actually really cool though um apparently i didn't realize this because i don't really watch trailers but all the trailers they had leading up to the game never showed the blades of chaos no they don't no because everything is with uh the dad of boy experience mm-hmm. yeah you see him with an axe you see that you have a son who does his own thing in combat mm-hmm. which is pretty he just has a bow yeah and he support. I feel like you have to manually trigger him shooting yeah. at targets. Yeah, you hit. So uh, I'm just like mashing the square button mm-hmm. constantly. I used to call it box yeah. all the time instead <laughs> of square. And people were like, it's not triangular prism. It's not pyramid. Yeah. It's not sphere. It's circle. <laughs> They're too deep. Anyway. Yeah. Um, triangle is the the exception, right? And you get multiple um, uh, syllables is the word I was looking for. Yeah. You're like circle, square triangle <laughs> circles too oh that's true yeah i can't count <laughs> um 
I realized as soon as I started that statement, I was like, this may be immediately disprovable. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, it feels, it feels really cool to uh, use some of those weapons and have the boy be support. They really, really also learned from like some recent games um, or maybe not that recent at this point, but um, nobody likes uh, babysitting like a weak character. No, it's, I feel like the best example in my recent memory of like a bad example is mm -hmm. that one fable mission that everyone complains about where it's like hey oh, yeah. uh this person's gonna do whatever they want but goblins are gonna ignore you and swarm to them i was like yeah. cool but then in bioshock infinite they're like hey you don't have to protect elizabeth she'll kind of just hang out and throw shit at you i'm like awesome right they should be supporting you you shouldn't have to modify your gameplay a bunch to support them and atreus which is the name of the boy um but boy is his proper name obviously uh he he does pretty well on his own he'll avoid a lot of attacks yeah um, as you kind of get through the game he develops better like martially so he'll do things like choke holds you can follow up on hold enemies um and get his own kind of like special abilities um so you can like hold the um the square button sort of like send out wolves like spirit wolves to attack things um he he develops and becomes much more useful as the game goes on. Yeah, and you can upgrade his stuff along with your own as well, mm -hmm. which is convenient. But there are times where he might get choke held, yeah, uh, mm -hmm. by something else, and I will stop what I'm doing and be like, "My son, yeah, yeah. my boy," throw and then the, I'll run throw over. The axe or something. I'll throw the axe. Um, because I I feel like something bad happens if you don't. Yeah, almost definitely you lose if you wait take take too long to free him. But it's not like a lot of other games where it's like, I'm being attacked. And you have to like, oh, God, all right, I'll run 300 feet back over here, help you out. And then you leave and they're no. like, I'm being attacked. <laughs> they don't do that. It's pretty infrequent. And it's a lot of times it happens if you guys are just being swarmed by enemies. Um, and I mean, that's your job anyways. Deal with that AOE. Bust out those blades of chaos. But, but I mean, you don't have them for like so much of the game. <laughs> yeah. So you get really uh, used to the axe. And one of the things that's great about the axe, besides like the heft, mm -hmm. is how it's used in animations. Oh, so yeah. like one of the early fights. All right, I was gonna go back to like very early plot yeah. and gameplay. We haven't just touched the plot really at all. Yeah. So your wife's dead. Um, so you're teaching your son to do some things. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna ignore the initial, the actual objective. <laughs> well, I mean, like I want to talk about the early part where like you're teaching him to hunt. Oh, okay. So yeah. if you're going out, and this is kind of like the tutorial section. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this isn't with the actual the god fight that comes up. Right. Uh, but you f happen upon a giant troll or something. Yeah. And it's one of those big bads that has, obviously, telegraphed attacks. Mm -hmm. um, so you're kind of chipping away his health, but a lot of times you have to use up that stun meter to then get that interaction, jump on his face, and like beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Uh, while you have your son shooting arrows at him. Um, but these enemies that have these gigantic fucking pillars, yeah. Um, the way you always kill them in the animation is you kind of like throw them down, and then in midair you kind of wedge your axe in their giant obelisk, and then you pull it down onto their face. Yeah, and it's so cool. Straight up crush them. The game actually uses these troll enemies uh like fairly frequently. I have very few overall grips with the game. And just a few notes on where I thought they could improve it a little bit. And one of those would be in uh, diversity yeah. of fights. Um, the 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 combat that's there feels really good, really clean. There's a lot of ways that you can just dominate the enemy with combos and variety and things like that. Um, but you do kill a lot of these trolls with like this exact attack. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the same archetype of enemies a lot of times. Yeah. There is an exception, which I, I got to give them credit for for one of uh, the harder troll enemies where you go to crush him. This is in hell in Helheim. Um, sorry, different, different universe. Um, uh, where the gatekeeper is a troll type enemy. Yeah. And you go to crush him with his giant obelisk, like same exact animation and he blocks it and you have to be like, no, no, I'm killing you this way and actually like finish it out. But they kind of subvert the animation a little bit, which I appreciated. I was like, yeah, there's some points. But a lot of times it's the same animation per enemy type. Mm -hmm. So like, let's say you kill something, it's like a, a small humanoid type ad. Like a Draugr thing. Yeah. yeah. You can kind of, it's either like you rip open their face and mm -hmm. kind of like crush them on the ground or 
stomp you can stomp them to do some aoe damage Mm -hmm. or there's the one where you kind of like yeet them into an enemy oh yeah which the throw you have like very little time to actually aim it Mm -hmm. which i kind of like because it'd be weird if it's like all right mini game (laughs) aim at the enemy so long game bowser (laughs) (laughs) i like that's kind of like a fluid hey you're kind of just chucking this guy if you hit somebody Mm -hmm. you will damage them right but it's it's a little bonus yeah yeah, I I could definitely see a little bit. I think Doom, uh, 2016 has spoiled me a little bit, and just the variety of executions. Yeah, because um, like, it was it was where like, you were facing and how, which side you were facing them from. Exactly. So you had tons of variety. Do you jump on top of them? Do you do all this stuff? And there's a little bit less of that in uh, God of War, um, but there was still incentive for me to go for a lot of these executions, these grab kills, as I think they're called in that game, um, because. Uh, I had a talisman, which was, um, it had some bonus I didn't really care about, an active I didn't care about, but the passive was like every time you grab enemies, you, you heal. Health, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I just, uh, I got all the value out of that I could. Any point the game was like, and this is a section where we swarm you with a bunch of little enemies and you're going to have to win this battle of attrition. I was like, well, thanks. Because I will. Um, and I, I focused a lot on stun damage, having Atreus use the light arrows, which um, are really similar to uh, another game uh, where you can actually get that as kind of a puzzle piece, uh, Legend of Zelda. But in that one, they're called light arrows. Um, and uh, they do extra stun damage in God mm-hmm. of War. So I'd be like, light that guy up. I'm going to run up. I put away my axe. And I'm like, here we go, fists. Um, get that stun damage up and get some of those finish animations. Yeah. It feels good. I don't think I usually went the stun route um, unless it was an enemy that had a huge chunk or had like sections of health yeah. instead of just a health bar. Right, like bosses and things. Yeah. Or like elites where it's like, hey, uh, you can hit me, but I'm not going to get hit stunned. I'm like, gotcha. Yeah. Um, then I'll actually just go into, it's actually like a fist and part shield. Mm-hmm. Like oh, you yeah. have an auto shield that kind of it's like Captain Reinhardt's. America like spins out. Yeah automatically automatically it's um, like reinhardt's expanding shield yeah. thing so it it's you can punch with that hand or just deploy the shield immediately but it's the circular spartan shield yeah it feels good though it really like, even does. though you're not really dealing damage um that stun threshold meter builds up pretty quick and mm-hmm. then you get a cool animation to go with it and it you're dealing like comparable damage yeah as like a dps trade-off yeah, the melee, melee is actually super viable, like just not using the weapons against a lot of enemies. Um, the other really cool thing I loved about the shield is you could, there's skill trees where you can unlock a bunch of um, attack options and combos and things like that. One of my favorites was um, it, on a parry with the shield. So you block as soon as they attack instead of just holding block, similar to Sekiro or any other kind of thing like I prefer that. games that allow you to parry when you just hold block the whole time yeah really it takes the skill out of it <laughs> like there's sometimes i did it if i was low on health and i couldn't risk getting hit but landing the parries feels really good and it's relatively forgiving in the timing um but you can follow up with parries on a bunch of different attacks um if you parry and then follow up with a weapon attack you'll like counter attack once you get that skill the one i loved though was a uh, parry into shield attack which just launches them. You just yeah. like launch them. It's like a, a throat chop with the shield. Yep. And you just yeet these guys like 30 miles per hour in a direction. And if you if you get people off platforms, it's like Spider-Man. They're, they're dead. They're dead if you can knock them off. Um, that's why I did that. <laughs> I didn't think to do that so much. I was mainly going around with the... I would forget I had a shield a lot of time because it's not deployed and out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So unless I'm pressing L1, I'm like, it's not there. And typically the axe felt too slow in heavy mode. Mm-hmm. So I'd mash R1 a lot where you're doing a lot of light attacks. Yeah. But I also got the upgrade in the tree where if you hold R1 in the combo, oh, you can whirl. You throw out the axe like a foot in front of you and it like spins and like multi hits like seven times. And I'm like, yeah, I like this blender idea. It's pretty cool. It'll like come back to you, and if you're still holding the button, he'll do it again. He'll just throw out the axe again. He's just automatically using yeah. the recall mechanic. And they had some other things for uh, projectile axe as well. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times I was up in the fray. Yeah. I wasn't thinking like, well, I can chuck my axe out over here. And I was like, eh. But they do give you options as far as 
not talisman upgrades, but like sigils. Yeah. Where I feel like there was two per weapon. Mm-hmm. Where you had like a if you were holding shield, you could do R one or R two. Yeah. And then do a type of attack. Basically equipable special attacks. Yeah. Yeah. So for a lot of the time, I the think ru- I had like runic the, is the name of the. Yes, attacks. that's yeah. what it is. Mm-hmm. That's like a stat you can upgrade, so they would be more effective. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't my primary stat because it's always damage. Yeah. Um, but I had like one that was an AOE. It's kind of like this frost blast, which is kind of cool. Mm. And then I had this one, which was like a for the heavier strike, where I would drag the axe along the ground and then pull it up. Mm-hmm. And it kind of did like this frost that slash along the ground. Yeah. It was pretty cool. I think you got that from the boss that used the attack on you too, which yeah. is a Mega Man like moment, basically. <laughs> I, I love that shit where you like get the power. Mm-hmm. I got the power naturally um especially if it's cool like there are ones that suck it's like bubbles i'm like all right it's not but if it feels good mid combat because mm-hmm. you could use them like spam them real quick oh yeah you they could come pop out everything mm-hmm. and then there was a recharge time which is another stat you could put points into yep so if you're like hey dealing with a lot of ads let me kind of gear more towards this it was a viable strategy which i liked yeah, toward the end, there was um one of the first uh, mythic sets you can find in the game, which is pretty close to the end, I guess. Um, you could get a full cooldown set, and I equipped that because I saw that they had a bunch of sockets. And I was like, all right, I'll use some of these gems I've been accumulating because they have cool effects. Um, and some of them were like pretty powerful, so you could get like elemental resist up to like eighty five percent for like Damn. ice or fire or something else, and you're like, yeah, against certain bosses, that's pretty <laughs> nice. Um. But uh, for the special attack, the one I used on the axe, my uh, my heavy was uh, a three hit, just like smash them into the ground um, with a little bit of AOE on it. But it was just tons of damage. Um, and the nice thing about the runic attacks is they're most of the time like panic buttons, anything mm-hmm. that's got some damage or stun on it, where even if you're fighting anything other than a colossal sized boss will get staggered by it. Um, so if I was getting overwhelmed by like a big enemy... Um, like like a traveler Um, which one's the traveler so the travelers look like the enemies that are basically stolen from dark souls they have like either huge two-handed swords or those suckers the knights they have tons of health and uh they also had a lot of delayed animations Mm -hmm. which felt very dark soulsy so they're like i'm gonna and then they do like a fake out you've already used your roll and they're like hit you and you're like oh son of a bitch or they they have one that's like a spin to win where they'll like do a yeah. Darius thing or axe, um, yeah. Hated that because I was like, all right, I blocked an attack, and they're like doing it again. I'm like, all right, well, second one, second one clips me. But you had to like wear him down. If you found yourself on the back foot, drop that runic attack, give yourself some time to breathe. It feels really good. The combat just feels amazing. It's it's got the devil may cry payoff where. If you get into an encounter and you're just like, all right, let's open this up. You throw an axe, you freeze a guy, you run up, you start popping abilities and killing fools. It just, it feels good. Yeah. Um, it's really viable for a lot of different approaches. I sadly, like they probably had, let's say 10 to 15 skills you could do with mm-hmm. each weapon. Yeah. There's a whole lot. Like for shield combat, like 10 to 15. Mm-hmm. And then there's also stuff for Axe, Blades of Chaos. Um, there was also the uh, Spartan Rage. For your Spartan Rage as well. Mm-hmm. The one I love from Spartan Rage, though. Is it uh, the Rock Throw? Rock Throw. Yeah. Freaking Rock Throw. I'm as like, soon as I, I saw that, I was tank. like, this is some tank shit right here. And the thing is, like the way Spartan Rage works mechanically, each one of your attacks drops your rage a bit. So you're expending your rage when you're making attacks. The Rock Throw takes a ton of energy. But you will always execute it if you have any Spartan Rage left. So that was always my finisher. Yeah. Like, Rage is about to end, eat Burn a rock. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> I assume that did, like, impact and AoE damage as well. Yeah, it was really good. The AoE was very generous. It was like a Left for Dead rock because uh, I just threw it at the ground around enemies to guarantee kills. You don't even throw it at them. It's just <laughs> mm-hmm. try and give them a shoe shiner. Yeah, it's really good. Um... Yeah, the combat combat felt really good. And like I said, Atreus kind of develops in his own way. There's a couple different types of arrows you can get. And they all have... Two? There's two types? Yes. <laughs> Technically a couple. Um, and pretty much anything that the game gives you, it also has a puzzle-solving element. 
which um, if I were to praise the game on one thing, it would be compacting resources um, while making them useful. Like, for example, the axe. You like start with the axe, great offensive weapon, tons of versatility. You can freeze enemies, attack them. You can freeze moving parts for puzzles. You get the Blades of Chaos, like midway through the game or toward the end. And it's like, great. This is great for AoE. I can do all this stuff. I can pull enemies to me like I'm... Scorpion. Literally Scorpion. That was pretty <laughs> badass. Um, and it also like burns off brambles. It's like same thing with Atreus's arrows. Everything has a dual purpose where it's got like a combat advantage and then um, also some puzzle solving. And world utility, yeah. Yeah. Which I really, really like because I hate managing like a huge inventory of things. There are games that that's good for, but... Like we talked about Zelda recently, and I think that's the traditional, here's the large inventory of puzzle solving tools. But I find myself in those games quick, like going between menus a lot more. Like I got to re-equip these yeah. solutions. With this, you kind of have everything equipped and you can kind of just, with something on the D-pad, cycle between this and that. Yeah. And then each one has multiple applications. But it is kind of like Zelda in that way where you came across the brambles, you're like, oh, if they oh, don't yeah. do it, and B don't do it, then what do it? Yeah. Uh, and you're like, oh, this is something for later on. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of ignore it and you get to come back. And then you're like, hey, you can do this thing to overcome this obstacle. And you're like, ah. Oh. And then you remember the places back where you encountered that before. And you're yeah. like, cool. Kind of like a Metroidvania sort of yeah. game. Yeah. And they're really good because as soon as that happened where I got the Blades of Chaos and I burned some brambles, I'm like, fuck. I knew of one spot yeah. from like, when I was playing the game like a year ago, I was like, I know exactly where it is, but mm-hmm. I'm never going to go back there. What's the point? Yeah. And then the game had me go back through that way. I was like, oh, that's really convenient that they redirect the, the actual plot and storyline through that area again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not wasted where you have to go out of your way to be like, well, I want some optional content. I don't know. They'll take you there, which is nice. Yeah. There's like um, probably the area they do that the most is like the approach to the summit. You have to go. You have to go back there at least three times, maybe yeah, four it's... through the course of the game. But it never takes a ton of time to get there, and I think that makes it more justifiable. It's a fairly small universe of the game because mm-hmm. throughout most of it, you have like the hub area of Midgar, where you have this giant lake, mm-hmm. and then from the center of that area, you can transport to different worlds. But when you transport to a different world, it's for like a level at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then once you're out of it, you don't really need to go back. Right. But when you're on like the hub world of Midgar, you can get from point A to point B in five minutes tops of going end to end. Yeah. And typically it's a lot closer than that per objective. Yeah. I uh, The first time I went to like another realm, uh, so you have to use the, the Bifrost because of course you do. And it like... I'm a little ashamed for this, but like immediately what I go to are the Avengers movies. That well, yeah, because that's where I would have seen it too. Exactly. Is in the, what was it, Thor Ragnarok is where mm-hmm. those used? Yeah. So it was just like, oh yeah, it like Yggdrasil tree and here's the the dial in the middle of Midgard and like here's uh, all of this, um, all of these gates. It's really cool. It leads to maybe the perception that the game is going to take you to a lot of these locations and it's not a hundred percent realized um two of the gates i think are entirely optional areas um well no it doesn't force you to go to all of them for sure yeah one of them i went to is the um can't remember the name of it it's a i know you don't go to heaven realm which i think is alfheim yeah that one it says it's explicitly locked by odin and um it will never be opened so that's kind of nice that they they tell you that it's like it can't be opened um yeah so the one i was thinking of was uh, muselfheim which is like a fire location Mm -hmm. and there's a nilfheim uh, as well i think is optional which i don't believe i even went to but which was the one with the uh, elves Mm, isn't that uh i think that was elfheim then what's heaven oh jotunheim yeah. Which would be like the... Thought, no. Jotunheim's of the Giants. Yeah. Land of the Giants, which is endgame content. But that's not Realm of the Gods. Yeah. There's a... There's a lot of locations. If this you know about takeaway. Norse mythology, please write in. Yeah, exactly. If you're, if <laughs> if you're, you're too st- lazy to do a simple Google. Studious there. Um, 
but yeah, the game takes you through a lot of these, a lot of these locations, which is the terrain change. You know, get you out of just the Skyrim mountains, essentially, yeah. <laughs> into just uh, some other locales. And each one has its own unique mechanics that they'll throw in. Mm-hmm. Like when Jake was talking about the arrows that Atreus gets, or Boy, as he's yeah. more commonly known. Yeah. Capital B. You have these light arrows, which you need to like place light crystals at a thing, shoot with the light arrow, and it activates a light bridge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times it'll be used as a limited resource. You might need to move a crystal from point A to point B. Right. And kind of flesh out your surroundings to get to your eventual destination. Yeah. And then they have other things like... Um, partially scrolling the bridges or elevators okay yeah because certain times you're like oh i'm starting here on the ground floor i need to get up to the second floor to progress oh yeah but yeah. maybe if halfway there might be a little temporary unlock where you open up like a a crypt mm-hmm. grab some a loot tomb. from a chest because that's how kratos i love the way kratos opens chests in this game he, well if it's a chest he punches it from the room it, yeah <laughs> And he kind of scrambles his fingers around for the golds. Yeah. And then he loots a bunch of tombs. I think Atreus remarks pretty early, like, hey, isn't that like a grave or something? He's like, they this don't need it yeah, anymore. They don't, they don't need it. Uh, but yeah, he just like pushes off the uh, stone slab up top and just like y- yanks yeah. some stuff. Yeah. It's pretty good. The um, I, I, I do like a lot of the puzzles that this game has, like those halfway elevators. Like things you might notice out the corner of your eye, and you're like, "Ah, was this a hidden?" Oh, it is cool. Um, they also have like um, treasure maps, which I only completed one or two of. Yeah. Um, the rewards were pretty good for the ones I completed, um, but I didn't really find myself wanting for power kind of by the end of it. No. And this isn't this isn't a slight against the game at all, but if you like to optimize and you like to complete a bunch of quests and you like to get stronger, there's tons of space to do that in this game like as far as upgrading your gear like getting new sets um upgrading your skills everything like that you can be completely overpowered by the end of the game oh my god yeah and the game doesn't demand that you are so there's more depth than is necessary for just getting through the story yeah it's enough where you're getting enough gold and other resources to be able to upgrade your equipment so that combat feels pretty easy yeah Mm -hmm. it was only in major keystone fights where i might have had a slip up or two yeah where i get punished by something I'm like okay right like i think i did the helheim fight like four times mm-hmm. the keeper the, the yeah keeper yeah because i was getting clipped by something he loves projectiles would... too That's yeah it was more so when he's doing like the blink strikes i'm like oh i can just sidestep these oh, okay yeah just certain like little things that got me. I like that though because it was much like the um, uh, going back to a previous episode. Murgo's wet nurse. Yeah, it was literally a similar mechanic. So Dark Souls prepared me for God of War. <laughs> <laughs> I will say though, I I prefer Dark Souls as far as moving around and dodging. Yeah, mm-hmm. it felt slightly underpowered. Mm-hmm. If you did like a quick sidestep in God of War. Yeah. I don't know why though. I think, like, if you're if in, you're incorporating it into sprints, he's got a lot more clearance and the ability to avoid attacks. But straight dodging, yeah, it's less definitely less power than less powerful than God or uh, than Bloodborne. Um, his block though is very very strong. You can like we talked about the shield plenty. Uh, you also can get the ability to re- reflect projectiles on perfect blocks, where you just like imbue your shield and then fire it back out. You're just like, screw you, flyers. I don't need to trace to handle this for me 100% anymore. Uh, plus the uh, Leviathan axe throw. But I honestly just would always like pause, throw an axe, or like look roughly at them and be like, square button. Yep. Because he'll just kind of like flick out some arrows and then they take two to three arrow hits and yeah. then they're dead. Yeah, I upgraded, recharge. I upgraded a trace's bow like as much as possible because I was just like, yeah, this is free. Da- it it's free damage, you know. <laughs> free real estate meme. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he's it's it, it's pretty good, as I've said multiple times. All right, I feel like we've gone over the combat enough, so I want to mm-hmm. talk about the combat. Right. Mm-hmm. So early on, uh, you meet Balder. Yes. Who is one of Odin's sons? We don't know at this point yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just kind of shows up to your house and starts drunkly like talking shit. Yeah. So you guys get into a god brawl, 
and he's an actually difficult enemy and has oh, like yeah. a health bar and stuff. But a lot of like the cutscenes are like you guys just beating the ever living shit out of each other. Yeah. And throughout the game, when you have engagements with him, they keep going back to that mm-hmm. where you're just literally wailing on each other. Yeah. So for the uninitiated, Kratos has he's human sized, maybe slightly tall, a little bulky, but um, it's all muscle. He's, he's fit. Yeah, he's fit. Uh, but he has like super super god strength. So uh, earlier in the series, there was a time he was fighting a giant stone colossus, literally the colossus, and he's like intercepting attacks that are meant to crush him and like pushing back off. Like he's freaking uh, uh, riding from revengeance, essentially. <laughs> And he just has that level of strength. And him and Balder, like, throwing these punches, knocking each other through trees, houses, It was mountains. straight up DBZ fights. Yes, it is. I think at one point he does knock you into a mountain. Like, literally yeah. into a mountain. Um, and then you crack the earth. You cause, like, a massive fissure. Yep. They're all, they're all awesome. You also, like, punch through a rock so you can kind of pick it up and just kind of, like, drop it on him. Mm-hmm. Like you do with the... Uh, the totems with the axe yep oh my gosh yeah it's, it's a lot of fun shit but it goes to show like their comparable strength of being gods and yeah. fighting versus if you're fighting like draugr ads mm-hmm. where you kind of are meant to tear through them yeah it's kind of hilarious that um like there's there's a certain gamification to the strength i would say because you can punch balder like through a mountain but it takes you maybe four or five punches to kill like a dragger. he doesn't he doesn't like commit to every punch yeah someone just you could say um but the the balder fights i think there's two or three throughout the course of the game uh three yeah um yeah definitely three because there's the, the initial final, one yeah the one on, the one on the dragon the dragon for yeah. some reason <laughs> uh-huh and uh and the the ultimate one at the end but um in either case, in any of those cases, the Balder fights are the ones that felt most like the older God of War games. Because they're actual boss fights. Yes. Mm-hmm. A lot of the other things are kind of like, it's a giant. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're not like absolutely huge giants. This is something I think the game maybe could have done. Um, they could have done a little bit better. <laughs> I like your like... I don't really have any complaints against the game, except, <laughs> and then we've had like three or four footnotes of suggestions. Right. This is granted. This is, I agree with you on all points, mm-hmm. but this one is uh, like compared to previous entries in the game, and part of this reflects Kratos is differing. He's grown up. He doesn't want war. The fact that he is the god of war from Greece uh, haunts him and yeah. what he's done because um, he basically wiped out the pantheon of the entire greek pantheon in previous games um but this game is not that there's very few gods you kill actually you kill zero full gods you only kill like demigods that are still technically gods and immortal and whatever i think you only you kill like zero major gods you you kill one demigod atreus kills one demigod he does yeah Mm mm-hmm uh, you kill the previous one. You Sorry, kill his two, brother. Two. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you kill... There's three brothers, Balder and two other people we don't care about. Yeah, Balder is Odin's son. Yes. And Magni and Modi are Thor's sons. Okay. Yeah. That would make sense thematically with all the lightning shit. Yeah. Um, but they're kind of, like, derived. Usually the way that, like, the mythology works is the closer... The higher up the tree the more powerful the gods are. Yeah. So, like, if the son of Odin has sons, they're not going to be, like, as strong as Thor. Um, I could have just said Thor. But anyway, <laughs> like, uh, you, you fight some of the lower guys on the, the totem poles, essentially. Yeah. But you're not, like, wiping out the Norse pantheon as a lot of people suspected you would be. I'm fine with that for, like, the way they crafted the story. But at the same time... For how many fucking times Odin is mentioned throughout the game and lore-wise, yeah, doesn't make a fucking appearance. Yep. Um, like when you kill, uh, is it Magni? Yeah, I can't remember if you kill Magni or Modi because their names are very similar and they're very you similar. You kill one of them, <laughs> or rather, Atreus technically does after you beat the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, like you killed a god's son, there's going to be hell to pay, yeah. and then nothing with Odin comes up, nothing with Thor comes up. Yeah. 
and you're just kind of like okay yeah that's it so that feels kind of weird but the whole thing is it's not about kratos overall yeah it's more so about kratos and atreus Mm -hmm. because atreus is just a kid who's dealing with his mother's death Mm -hmm. and he does have a relationship with his father but it's not the same as what he had with his mother right because kratos is very kratos right his Um, father is sir that's like how he addresses him yeah and kratos's thing is he wants his boy to be tough and survive and be able to take care of himself at some point when like kratos is not in the picture yeah Uh, so he's trying to indict all these life lessons on him Mm -hmm. um, but doesn't really know about compassion so much which you see throughout the game. Yeah. Because they have these really good interactions and, like, cutscenes, And there are times where, like, Kratos is, like, close to, like, putting out his hand to, like, touch his son. Yes. At mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. As, like, a consoling effort. And it you can't. don't see it happen until, yeah. like, the last ten minutes of the game. I'm like, oh, my God, it happened. Yeah. He, he can't. Like, he's just broken in so many ways. Yeah. He's not. He can be a dad. He can't really be a father until like pretty much the end of the game and he also doesn't want atreus to be him him at all that's that's (laughs) that's the scariest thing for him is that his uh his son just sets down the the path of betrayal and there's actually a line like um after so atreus doesn't know he's a god until like midway through the game or so it's like two-thirds in yeah where that gets revealed um because uh Kratos doesn't want him to deal with all of the pa- the baggage that comes with being a god. Yeah. With being hunted, with being uh, considered better than mortals, all of this stuff. Um, but it kind of tears Atreus apart because his inner godhood... He, he starts to exhibit Spartan rage yes. at one point, and it knocks him out. He <laughs> <laughs> really gets a fever. Because the dichotomy between being a mortal and being the god doesn't like reconcile in his head. Um. But Kratos actually says at one point, it's like, uh, so Atreus asks, like, oh, if I attacked you, you know, like, you attacked Zeus, like, would you fight me? And Kratos is just like, no. He's just like, no, we're just, we just end this. Because that's, that's Kratos' thing at this point, is breaking the, the cycle. Of revenge. Of yeah. so-and-so did so-and-such and such to somebody, and you get revenge then like you killed my father prepared to die yeah and then it's just this perpetual cycle of hatred which even so throughout the game still happens at the end yeah because but not in the way literally anyone who hasn't played the game would assume based on what you just said spoilers though yeah but (laughs) so later on you find out that who's the the witch uh freya freya Mm -hmm. freya is Baldur's mom Mm -hmm. and she's a giant also like of the giant race <laughs> of the giant race is not actually visibly a giant right she's she doesn't suffer from gigantism <laughs> yeah. she's wee <laughs> she's petite she's lilliputian yeah um but she's normal uh humanoid size but she is Baldur's mother and mm-hmm. odin's wife and they did this as like a pact for peace type mm-hmm. thing but she wants to protect her son she doesn't want to see her son die yeah um but Baldur, because she granted him immortality and he's had to live with the curse of immortality because mm-hmm. there are downsides to it. Yeah, he can't feel. He's always himself. resented her for that. Yeah. And so he wants to kill her. Um, and basically, God of War is stepping in and saying, no, this needs to stop. Yeah. So it, it comes to the point where he actually intervenes and kills him so that he won't kill his mother. Yeah. But that is now instigating against Freya, and she essentially says, I'm going to fucking ruin you. Yeah. But it's like the, I will find you. You cannot imagine the hell I will reap down upon you. Fully amnesian on on Kratos. Um, But that's part of the lore, the mythos, but part of being a god and having those things. Like, it it goes back to, like, the origins of this are on the, the Greek side. Like Zeus uh, claimed his power by killing his father, yep. became king of the gods, and Kratos ultimately, spoilers for the old God of Wars, kills Zeus and is haunted by him in some ways in this game. 
um and he absolutely knows it needs to stop so yeah this is really the growing up like <laughs> it's time to <laughs> stop yeah this is the life lesson kind of the, the whole series um the maturing of the series and it, it feels really good um i was complaining about how there's not that many boss fights earlier like true boss fights there's one with a dragon which is awesome love that but it kind of feels like you're playing monster hunter um which i'm fine with because yeah it kind of harkens back to the yeah i forgot about that yeah like i, I like monster hunter that's fine um and there's the ones with balder which are all awesome fights um some of them more scripted kind of like dodge to the left dodge to the right punch 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 two times now y'all. yeah <laughs> exactly um but that's that's most of the the true boss fights and the freaking magni and modi uh dual boss fight which i struggled with a bit um i think i died a couple times the game is very forgiving it is very, very forgiving. forgiving yeah because i i got down to like a pixel of health and then i just mashed l1 a lot and then got through yeah but i could have easily failed that several times the reason it was forgiving for me is because i got like i got them through several phases where um they're basically one of them's using like a large sword the other one's got a shield and like a small weapon i can't remember exactly um or no a hammer one of them had a hammer the other had a short a sword and a shield i think um and you'd fight them a bit you had to weaken them kind of like you're playing ornstein and smo and uh get them both on the ground at the same time then they'll do this whole like ultimate combiner mode where one guy like drops the hammer on the other guy's shield lightning strikes all around you and you're and it creates um, like this dark hazy lightning mist with you and atreus back to back yeah uh watching for attacks and it's really cool it's um it's a mechanic that's used a couple times the darkness thing uh but the fact that it's just got mechanics in a boss fight feels really good um but i died toward the end of it mm-hmm. after a couple phases and i was like please god like just don't make me do the whole thing and they're like, all right, we'll revive you like almost completely where you were as far as bar- boss damage is concerned through all the phases. And we'll respawn all of the healing items in the room. We'll also give you like 75% health or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, cool. I can do it now. <laughs> That's really nice. They did the same thing with uh, the last fight against Balder mm-hmm. where he's switching between like ice mode and fire mode. And you have to switch weapons. And then as you hit him, it's it deals like chip damage the whole time. I'm like fucking a. Yeah, he has tons. So at a point, I got him down to like half, and then I died. I'm like, that kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Then put me back at where I was for that phase, and not the whole encounter, which is nice. Yeah. As far as like playability, if you're not like huge into action games or the best action game player, um, there's enough training wheels on the game, like at normal difficulty or whatever, that um, you shouldn't have too much trouble. No, it's not. It's not bad. Like I don't consider it as fluid as some other things that I'm used to. As I mentioned, a clunky game like Dark Souls, Mm -hmm. as that always has to be my (laughs) tie-in. Yeah. Um, or like Sekiro or anything from FromSoft. Yeah. But it still feels really good, and I didn't really have trouble throughout most of it. Mm -hmm. Another key point, actually, outside of combat, um, the writing is so fucking good. It's really good. I don't give a fuck about the plot overall. It's good, mm-hmm. but it's the character interactions throughout the thing. Um, because you have Kratos, you have Atreus, you have the witch, yeah. you have the two dwarven smiths who are brothers. Yeah, You have all of these characters, but like, every time you have an interaction, you are met with a human response. Mm-hmm. Nothing is like from TV or movies where it's kind of, all right, maybe in this fantasy universe, that's what somebody would say. But it's, if you understand Atreus's frustration at being a boy and his dad being very judicious and mm-hmm. not understanding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You understand Kratos as a dad and like you understand why he's just shutting down because he can't comprehend how to have that interaction. Yeah. He's like, my word is law. This is how it has to be. This is what I know. Right. And you see that back and forth in between them. Mm-hmm. And then when you see like the Dwarven Smiths, they're who they are. One is they're very awesome. crass. One is very... Uh, it's like Droki's the really vulgar blue guy. And he says fuck a lot, I think, too. Yeah, he does. And I was like, nice. Yeah, he calls, he calls Atreus a little fart, too. While you're browsing <laughs> menus. It's like, how can I help you, a little fart? <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, and but 
I love Sindri. Also, the other dwarf. He's basically the Luigi to Droki as Mario. He's like the overly clean and goofy uh-huh. one. He has a he has you can talk to him and he's like he describes a revelation that was given to him where he basically learned about germs, and uh, they describe it kind of like as such. And Kratos is like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, but it de- like defines his life. Like he hates touching unsanitary things. Yeah. Uh, you have to like, pass over uh, Mimir's head. At one point, we didn't talk about Mimir. Lemir is or a Mimir. It's all M's. He has the sight, mm-hmm. which is just like knowledge of many things mm-hmm. and able to see into the giant's future past. Um, but at a point, you you cut off his head and you carry it around with you mm-hmm. because plot reasons. But he has a lot of dialogue and insight to provide. But a lot of his interactions are like normal human things. Like, hey, I want to provide some good advice, but also yeah. I'll stay out of the situation. He's a bard, kind of. He fulfills yeah. the role of storyteller. and There's some really good mechanics and things I love about that. One thing that's really nice, um, we've talked about the elevator mechanics throughout mm. games where it's, hey, if you have a period of forced travel, here we can kind of uh, add some extrapolation of plot or exposition for a character yeah um but as lemire will be like telling you lore it's, Mimir, it's all m's like am i am i lemire mimiria mimir mimiria i could have sworn there was an l at the beginning i could be wrong i was wrong about the blades of chaos but i think it's i think it's okay m's. yeah yeah uh, but basically as you're boating around going from point a to point b uh you'll start getting exposition about story or characters backgrounds and then when you park your boat and he's like, but we can save that for another time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is really cool. Um, Cause it's not like the the thing just stops or it starts going on on top of other things, but it, then they'll continue all continue from that point. Next time you're going to travel. Yeah. Or you have a period of going from point A to point B and it's not combat or puzzle solving. Grand Theft Auto would do some similar things where if you like swerve wildly, it interrupts the story. And then once you resume, it's like, where was I? Then they kind of resume the story. One of the things I loved about that one particular interaction that indicated that is Mir was telling a story, like a tragic story. And he's like, and now we'll have like, we should have a moment of silence for this uh, recollection of this. And then as soon as you land the boat, he's like, that's enough silence. I think that, and then Kratos is like, how about we give them a little more and cuts off the dialogue. (laughs) It's just, it's just, it's prime. It's pristine writing. And I love it. There's also uh, with Mimir, I took him back up to his corpse. Yes. And there's special dialogue for that where he's like, that's something no man should ever have to see. (laughs) Oh, it, um, who is the is it helios i think it's helios it actually is also a kind of a callback to earlier god of war where um kratos rips i'm pretty sure it's helios's head off after defeating him and then carries around the head as a lantern (laughs) because like light shines from his eyes and mouth um so you get another head for your belt but this one's more it's more wholesome (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> and there's also animations for like when you go to sit down because it's kind of hooked on to the back of your belt mm-hmm. so you're always like facing forward seeing Kratos' back but you can also see Mimir's head yeah. facing you as the player but when you go to sit down on the boat you kind of unhitch the head hand it over to the boy boy sits it next to him on the boat yeah it's <laughs> like it's he's like just a third passenger it's really great there's a point where like the boat gets uh, upset in like a cutscene or something yeah and uh, Kratos like Mimir's like, I'm going over. And then Kratos is like, I've got you. Grabs him. Attaches <laughs> it. It's, it's great. The characters the characters are really good in this game. Like, it's no comparison. The characters of older God of War games compared to this. They're all really well fleshed out. And you understand their motivations. Yeah. Like, they might fit in some initial tropes of, like, Kratos is the brooding father with, like, a dark past. Mm-hmm. But you see it really fleshed out and it's not some comic over the top where he's like super broody yeah he's not angsty no you just you see his hesitation Mm -hmm. in a lot of situations and you see him get frustrated and short-tempered in certain situations because of that yeah but a lot of his stuff is not speaking Mm -hmm. because he doesn't see the need to for most situations 
so that when he actually does speak, it actually has impact and meaning. Yeah. He's like, I'm speaking because I need to, because it's worth saying, mm-hmm. which I liked. There's there's a lot of good things I would like to recall that I, I don't really have time for. There was um, uh, probably the one I remember the most was um, he tells the story of the tortoise and the hare while he's on the boat. But the way he recalls it to Atreus, he's like, there was a tortoise and a hare and they were in a race. The hare went really fast and it took a nap. The tortoise uh, continued dutifully until the end. The tortoise won the race. And Atreus is like, you don't tell many stories, do you? <laughs> <laughs> and I just, oh my gosh. They, they humanize all of the characters. Yeah. And it really, it built to, um, like, I don't, we'll, we'll leave the ending for the people who are playing it. But uh, there's no final boss which i was almost guaranteed i was almost completely convinced there would be based off of the kind of game it was like it being a god of war game and the fact that there was no final boss at the end i applaud the developers for because they built up to a point where i was okay with it and i think it was more rewarding that there wasn't one because of the story they were telling yeah they do a really good job of everything and it's not solely an action game mm-hmm. but like the action parts of it are really good yeah uh the dialogue is really good the cutscenes are really good mm-hmm. everything about it is really good and the other things that you that they add are like little puzzle sections or things that might seem more ancillary are still done in a good way nothing feels like a slog mm-hmm. and you get like these bite-sized portions of you're going to a different realm to do some side objective because there's a rock in your way back in Midgard or something to that effect. And when they introduce things, it's done like a nice enough way where if you come across the later, you're like, oh, right, I remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're intuitively learning. Yeah. It's a very, very solid adventure game, which is like a very vague genre, but it's it's literally what it is. The whole thing is like uh, an over-the-top quest where mm-hmm. it's like if you... Like Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, right? Uh, They keep having these exciting adventures and like mishaps, which kind of the overall goal is still the same, Mm -hmm. but they might need to like reroute in an interesting way where it's like, oh, we need this magic artifact. I don't know if it still exists, yeah, but it's worth a shot. Mm -hmm. And everything is kind of that over the top adventure. Remember the fucking flying boat? Yeah, that was fun. (laughs) It was freaking awesome. The, the, the moment I would like to to leave with is the uh, the final fight against uh, Balder. Yeah. When Kratos and Atreus are like in lockstep, they're like we are in co op mode, and like um, Balder's falling through the sky as Kratos is like holding him there, and Atreus is in the air falling, just going full Legolas on Balder, pumping arrows into him. Yeah. Because he's now capable. He knows he can survive the fall. He's a god. He's got all this stuff going on. It's it felt so good in that moment, like with how their stories developed to lead up to that. I was just like, mm, these are good feels. I'm glad this game is providing it, as you know. I have no children and don't have plans for them. <laughs> just get that out there now and then be done with it. But appreciate it in the moment. Yeah, it's just a, a beautiful roller coaster ride of a father son adventure, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd probably rated a ten out of ten. Oh, that's pretty good. That's um. I'm not saying like they can't make improvements if there's going to be like uh, another entry in the series. Yeah, um, but it's fucking great. It is really great. If if a ten is indicative of like the height of the genre, like the best that there is in well, that it, space. It, I did say then, out of ten, so right. yes, <laughs> according to this metric, anyway. Right. Then then I would agree with that. Um, it's it's dang near perfect. There's a couple things maybe you could improve, but. They're things other games are so far behind, right? You're picking you're picking yeah. imperfections out of a masterpiece at this point. And it is really a masterpiece of a game. So check it out. It's on PlayStation. Yes. This is one I will not buy you. <laughs> a PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, it's been out for at least a year. Yeah, it was twenty eighteen. It's not gonna be a full price game, but it's still a, one of those solid entries where if you're getting an exclusive Mm-hmm. worth a checkout. Yeah, and it's not just all violence. It's got some good feels, and it's a more holistic experience than they've ever had in the series. So, 
give it a give it a look see it's uh it's gonna be well remembered i think oh yeah and on that note thank you guys for listening to another episode of soapstone as always you can send your feedback in to soapstonepodcast at gmail.com or you could reach out to us on facebook uh join the discussion there at facebook.com slash soapstone podcast and until next time uh, i'm jake and i'll see you in the next one I'm Dave, and I will also see you in the next one as well. (laughs) Bye.